What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce, Mark McKenzie. Mark McKenzie. Man, I don't get to say that name enough anymore. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy we're back together again, you know, and uh, it's good to see for those that are just listening to this in, in audio form. Mark's got a clean cut. He's got, a shoe, he's, got a, he's, got, he's got another shoe rack he's building in the background right now because his shoe yeah. game is continuing to grow. Uh, well, honestly, I'm deconstructing this one. I'm deconstructing them. I'm getting new ones, man. I'm getting clear really? cases now. Clear cases. Oh, upgrading. wow. Okay. Upgrading, man. So, what, what, I mean, yeah. is, it, is it an aesthetic thing for the backdrop or is it better for the shoes? Like, uh, Honestly, I don't know, man. You know, I, I'm one of those Or is it just like to, one of those uh, Amazon buys where you just like, bro, you just got to pull the trigger on something. Honestly, I'll keep it real with y'all. It's Amazon buy, man. You know, I had to pull the trigger on it because uh, I have them back home and I like the way it's set up. You know, you can mm-hmm. just slide your shoes in, slide your shoes out. And and this one's also kind of giving me little problems. You know, it's a little, I wouldn't say it's cheap, but you know, it's not the greatest quality, but it got the job done. So, yeah. Also, nice aesthetic in the background. You know, I got to get a jersey up here. You know, hopefully I can get a, a Pierce jersey somewhere behind me. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I got to talk to my source. Look, look at one. this thing, bro. The time that I was wearing, like it's droopy. The shirts that we wore, you know, it's not like, <laughs> it's, it's not the kind of thing you want hanging on a wall unless, you know, uh, unless you have to. And, you know, it's, it's my, it's my source of income still. So I got to make, <laughs> make my backdrop look good. I don't know if you want a Pierce, a Pierce jersey though, but I'm pretty sure Matt, Matt Flores, our, our producer and I are, are still waiting for McKenzie jerseys, which are modern, Honestly. you know. Listen, it's in USPS. You know, you can blame them because, you know, it's COVID. COVID, you know, post-COVID has got lost in transit or something. I don't know, man. So let's let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about where you're at in the season right now with the club team. Uh, where are you guys at in the playoffs and, and what's the process from here for the rest of the year? Yeah, so right now, wrapped up the, the regular season, finished uh, with a 2-0 win. Uh, and now we locked in eighth place. Uh, we have now... F- Six games to play. Okay. Uh, two home, two or sorry, three home, three away. Uh, we'll start actually on Sunday. Uh, we'll go away to Ghent, and then uh, yeah, from there it's just we gotta we gotta win out, man. That's the that's the goal. You know, Ghent just locked up the last or the Europa League uh, ticket, so Conference League is, is still to play for. You know, all to play for. So uh, it'll be definitely a competitive playoff with the with, with three teams, well, four teams really fighting to get that last spot. So. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I find the I find the, you know, again when I when I was in Denmark, they didn't. I think they they might have a playoff now. I'm pretty sure they have the playoff now, but back then they didn't. And I remember it just sort of being like finishing fifth was just like okay, pretty yeah. good, better than sixth. Yeah. But like there was no like implications to anything for like the top few. Mm-hmm. And every year it was one team that kind of ran away at the top, which was which was cool to see. But at the same time, like gamifying the league a little bit when you're a small league, especially. I think we we are twelve teams there, um, and our guests who we're gonna have who we have on uh, for for today's episode also similarly uh, playing in a small league. I don't mean small in in terms of the quality of the league, but small in terms of the amount of teams within the league where they have a similar playoff uh, system. And that's that's Christian Ramirez. Um, and yeah, what a, what a kind of a really cool story of of his career and the where he started. And how he's gotten to where where he's gotten now, I feel like that story is going to become more and more. It seems to still be one that's more common than not, but it's it's seemingly moving towards a little bit more of a traditional approach in the U.S. Do you agree with players kind of having uh, more direct pathways and opportunities to 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 become professionals? 
Yeah, I mean now it's like you look around and, and guys are, are signing left and right. You know, you you have you see more clearly a defined system. You know, where guys can go mm-hmm. from youth to to professional. You know, and I think that's you know it's it's good to see. You know, but again, his story is has come up. You know, it's something that you know inspire a lot of people. You know, whether you're a footballer or not. You know, you just listen to to how he had to get his. You know, so yeah. With, without further ado, I mean, this is a conversation with Christian Ramirez. All right, let's welcome our next guest. He's an NASL legend, also racking up a couple golden boots, casual, a few best 11s, uh, several player of the month awards after taking a leap uh, with his uh, with his club, Minnesota United FC, to the MLS 2017. And now he's out here in Europe, in Scotland with Aberdeen, uh, leading, to, leading the club in goals uh, as they enter the second phase of their season now. And as always, I, I love seeing an American face out here. Um, my guy, Christian Ramirez, what's going on? What up, what up? Thanks for having me. Yo, how's things out in Scotland at the moment, weather-wise? You know, we'll get to the football stuff, but weather-wise, you know? We were at 16 today, so it was the first good day that we've had in about a month. So Some sunshine, um, some sunshine yeah, is always good. <laughs> finally, <laughs> it's been rough. Is it the same? Is it the same there? Like, because when I was in Germany and in Denmark, like that first sun, everybody's out. Like, e- even even the players were like at some sort of cafe or something, having a you know whether it's a coffee or a drink and just sitting out and like taking it all the sun. Because I know I know in Scotland they love to take in the sun whenever it's there. Is is it the same there? Sort of when that first sun starts to break through during the season? Yeah. Um, so guys were planning golf trips for tomorrow. Uh, it's Wednesday's our, Wednesday's our day off and. Dri- driving home today, you had people sunbathing in their front lawns. Uh, so it's a bit different, but hey, we'll enjoy it while while we have it. Actually, Mark, be, 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 real quick, Mark, be, be, let me tell let me tell this story real quick. Before before I started my career, I was I went to I was trying to get on at Rangers, and I was staying with this family out in Air. Do you know where that is outside of outside of Glasgow? Yeah. Every day, like they, it was like it pretty much felt like a scam because every day they would be like, oh, we're having trouble with the work permit stuff. We can't do it. And I'd just be at this house. I'd go for a run in the morning. And then if any sun broke through, the wife of this man that I was staying with would lay out in her garden literally the entire day. She'd like tend to her garden and then she'd lay back down and just sunbathe. And they'd bring me like a little thing of like a four pack or a six pack of iron brew just to keep me happy. Uh, Cause that stuff's delicious. I mean, I don't know what's in it, but it's delicious. But like that was their like bribe to me. But she, yeah, she literally, I'd never seen anybody in my life up to this point sit out in the sun. Any moment there was sun, she was just laying around. So, I mean, I'm assuming that's what a lot of people do there, right? When the sun comes through, like literally sunbathing. Oh, yeah. And people just head down to the beach, um, which isn't really much of a beach, but uh, they just go down there and hang out and sunbathe the whole time whenever the sun's out. Right. I was in Amsterdam this past weekend and I was walking in a space called Vondel Park. And on the grass in the park, there's two, I don't know, I think it was a couple maybe stripped down, you know, to their drawers and they got sun, sunbathed lotion. They got the, the, the oils ready, you know, and you could tell they've been out in the sun for like probably three, four hours. You know, they were, they were feeling it, but I swear it's a common thing. Even out here in Belgium, I can I think there's a guy across on the other side of the street I live on. If I go on my balcony, I can see this guy is sitting out on his on his uh, deck balcony or whatever with the newspaper, his glasses on, and yeah, he's chilling out in the sun, bro. And meanwhile, I'm I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm like, ah, nah, it's not, it's not, it's not that kind of weather. Yeah, everyone was in shorts today. I still wear my hoodie and my pants. No thanks. 
Yeah, are people are people still? Uh, this is for both you guys. Are people still orange in Europe? You know, like with the fake tans. Is that still people still do that thing, or has it come along? Like because when I was there, people were orange most of the year. You know, and I remember like just being in the locker room. Like three quarters of my teammates had that. There's like a little spot on on their lower back from the tanning beds that wouldn't wouldn't turn. Like I, it was bizarre to me. I've never been in a tanning bed in my life. Growing up in California, you just had sun. You know, you you know, Christian. I mean. Is that still a thing or, or, or has like the, the uh, technology advanced to where people don't got to have that funny little spot on their back anymore? Uh, I think they're not orange anymore. Um, it's a okay. lighter tint, uh, <laughs> but the, the sunbathing still happens a lot, uh, a lot in the dressing room for sure. No, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that one. I'd agree with that one. But no, actually, wait, wait, wait. We have, we have one of my teammates in gank. He had a bad situation happen and he got, he turned out like a different guy, like a, close to orange he was like a red orange when he came out and he was he was a bit upset so we yeah he was walking around like a tomato you know for for a few days but yeah i think that was the only time i've seen like real real orange orange hey christian does most of your team golf like you, you said it that people are planning golf trips i mean is that that was the that was like actually good to go back to that story i told about this guy he was like a apparently was dialed into like golf so he's like he couldn't get me into rangers but he was like i can get you onto like royal troon or I can get you on to like St. Andrews. I'm like, I'm, I was like 18 trying to become a professional athlete. And he's like offering me as like consolation to get me the tee time at a golf course. Uh, does, does, do most of your team golf and do you? Uh, I don't. Uh, when my family's here, I have two little ones running around. So don't really have the time. Um, but yeah, the majority of them do. And this, they're starting to golf younger now. All the, the young cats are, are golfing at 18. Those, those are the guys that want to be out there the entire time they don't have anything else to do besides train in the morning and then go play some golf or hit the driving range do you guys get a hookup do you get like you guys have a i'm assuming that's why guys start golfing young because they get into the first team a little bit and they're like okay i got a little money in my pocket and i got this like discount to get on the club yeah no but there's there's a couple courses that hook the guys up um but yeah you definitely start to see them as they as they start making the first team start going out with those guys of course, you got to pull the first team card. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm so-and-so on yeah, the first team. So I was just wondering if I can get a, a little hookup. You know, I just want to go out there for a little, you know, a few holes. That's all. Not the whole day. Hey, what's it like with, uh, what's it like having having family out there with you? I didn't have any when I was, when I was playing. Mark doesn't have any, at least from what he's told us yet. Um, but what's it, what's it, what's it like kind of having family around when you're in a new place away from home and, you know, kind of. Yeah, it's just it's just different than 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 what my experience uh, was like. Uh, so, what's it what's it like for you? Is it harder considering you gotta take care of a family the rest of the day? Is it is it easier because you have the comforts of like when things are going well or not? You have that sort of family around. I mean, what's it like for you? Uh, the mix for sure. Um, like right now, my family's back in the states um, until until I don't know how long, but um, just until off season. Um, but it definitely is tough at times because. Um, you said I get to go into training and come back and have that human interaction where as my wife is just talking to a four-year-old and a two-year-old all day. And so I come back and try and entertain and give her some time to do her own thing. But she's been lucky to have a couple friends on, on the team that their wives um, have really become close with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, the worst part is when people take out the anger of like stuff's not going well on, on the pitch with, with my wife through social media or, or just comments that they make when they, they see her out or something. 
um, since Aberdeen's such a small city, um, it's like Aberdeen's the the talk of the town. So when things are going well, it's incredible. When it's not, it's almost like got to lay low a little bit. Um, and so different than what we come from in the States. So it's part of the, the reason why I wanted to jump out here and, and test the waters to soak up that culture. Mark, have you gone through that in uh, in Belgium? Like people saying stuff to you, or 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 your girl, or your dad when he's in town, or anybody? Yeah, no, I get people the message like, like even my sister will get messages, and I'm like, Madison, my my little sister, she doesn't even get involved like that. I'm like, dang, you go, you're going down the lineage now, you know what I'm saying? You gotta start messaging my godson, and I'm like, come on now. But yes, when you, bro, when you're in a small town and and that's all football, you know, football runs through the city, right? You know, I can walk into the city center and go, you know, all right, so we may have not had the greatest game, you know, but I still need some food, you know, so I got to go to the grocery <laughs> store. <gotta> eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, you know, it goes grocery, you go to the grocery store and, and the cashier's like, <clears throat> mm. so what happened? Uh, what? Yeah. Hey, it'll what? make you think twice before putting that candy on that on that conveyor belt to buy it, right? When they're looking at you being like, "Oh, wow. He doesn't take it serious, you know? Just you a know, bunch of fruit, a bunch of fruit in your bag. That's it." Some somebody catch you in a post, I just saw Mark McKenzie walking out with a a a, a, a family pack of sour patch kids. Like, hey, man, mind your business. What well, I found out that Rangers and Aberdeen hated each other like for real when um Rangers were beating Dortmund 3-1 in Europa League. And I tweeted like, wow, what a game. And I just got crushed. It was something that I had never experienced before. I had to delete the tweet. And and like <laughs> I was like, all right, I, I won't watch footy uh, anymore. Yeah, sorry for commenting on, on sports. Apologies. Articles were written about it. Like my coach was talking to me about it. Like, hey, you know, you don't need to tweet that stuff. And I was like, I didn't tweet anything about it. I thought it was good for Scottish <laughs> football that they're doing well. Uh, it was objective. I didn't even go for one team. I was just saying, what a game. I, I know. I didn't even mention that I was watching that game, but everyone just took it. And uh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's different for sure. What, what, uh, I guess what, what led you to feeling like it was time to make that move abroad and, and kind of challenge yourself in something different? Because obviously the, the, the stories that you're telling now were similar to what I went through. And it's different, right? Because like you talked about, it's a small town. Most most MLS teams or teams in general in the U.S. are in big cities, right? They're part of the sports landscape. And someday I think it'll get to a point where where these players are famous. And I think we're we're getting close to it. But you know, you be you when you go to Europe, any of these towns. My when I was in Germany, it was a small town too. That it's literally that's all anybody talks about, right? So you win, you feel the highs of that. You lose, you know, it's it's in a tough place. But for you on the field, that that's got to be a motivating factor. So what was it that led you to, 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 to wanting to make that jump? Uh, a couple of things. I mean, I was out of contract, um, in six months, um, and I wasn't playing in Houston for, for football reasons, I would say, um, non-football reasons <laughs> we can make it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this opportunity got presented to me cause, uh, they were looking for, for a striker and I had a, a good relationship with Alan Russell who, um, ended his career in the USL um, in Orange County, who I had a relationship with and um, trained with him when he was out there doing his like striker clinic stuff. Um, so I always kept in touch with him and he became the assistant uh, to Stephen Glass, who wanted to trade for me in Atlanta during his time. Um, and yeah, I was like, look, if my, if my family says, all right, I'll do it. Um, if not, I'm going to go somewhere within the MLS and 
um, on a one-year deal and try and prove myself either way. So why not try something new? And it was probably the last time that I would get a, an opportunity abroad um, now that I, I was turning 30. Uh, yeah, so it was an opportunity I couldn't pass. Well, I mean, look, it's working out pretty well. I mean, look, you got to, you're right at 12 goals so far, you know? Um, when you got there, what what was it like, you know, getting to the club and, and meeting the players, meeting the staff? Because that was like the biggest thing on my mind when I when I came to Belgium. I was like, oh, nah, man, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, is, is stepping on everybody's toes, trying to be the coach's favorite, but I don't want to be like the, I don't care, you know, I'm, I'm American. You know, what, what, what was it like when you first got there? Oh, it was cool. I mean, um, I think for you, probably harder because the language um yeah. but for me like that was probably the toughest thing was like they have their own different language up here in Aberdeen or you the slang that they use um like I've caught on now but um you know, it was just being my own person and bringing my own personality to, to the dressing room and not just sitting back and letting everything take over um I think it was just full of excitement to to see something new um, that I had seen for my whole life. And uh, yeah, the guys welcomed me and uh, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I, I couldn't really put a finger on, on it too much. Was it, was the style of play, did, did it take any, any adjustment both like within your club uh, from, from a style of play, but also just the, the league itself? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think within my club, um, I fit in uh, right away just because of the style of football we were trying to play. Um, and Scottish football, I mean, no VAR until next year. Um, so a lot a lot of uh, old school stuff goes goes on. Um, it is a physical league and teams are, are so tactically sound that they just buy into to what the message is for that weekend. And, um, that's probably the, the toughest thing because, you know, sometimes in the MLS, 70th minute, Mark hits and it's a wide open game for 10 minutes um, to see who, who takes the game over. Uh, but here it's like, teams are just like, we just played Ross County um, and we needed to win uh, to get into the top six. And they needed one as well before the split happened. And they just sat back the entire time, the entire game. And they hit us on, on a counter and they got a pen in the 86 minute and they won the game and we just couldn't score. And that's the the discipline that, that they that they buy into and it's worked out for them. That's like the, the, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned since I've come to Europe is how teams buy into that, their philosophy, you know, like, all right, we're a strictly counterattacking team or we're a strictly possession based team, you know, or the way teams are able to, to really execute in the, in the matches, you know, execute their game plan is what defines like the best teams from the teams that are going to be fighting to stay above relegation, you know, um, yeah, it's been for us even this season. I think that's been our biggest issue is we haven't found like a clear identity at times. You know, we have you know been stuck between oh we want to play this possession pretty style football okay, but defensively, what's your role? You know, if if you're if you're a winger, you know, uh, are are you tracking back? You take you know, so guys were all in in this flux, you know, of not knowing what to do exactly, um, and, and that's why yeah, we we kind of you know survived the, <laughs> the the tail end of the year, but yeah. We, we were such an attractive style to, to watch and we were beating ourselves early on in the year. And then um, the manager gets sacked and a new manager comes in uh, and it's a complete different style. Um, and now it's like, how can we adjust to that? And it's taken me longer. It's the first time in my career where 
Um, my manager's been sacked mid-season, so I was just trying to figure everything out all at once, and um, it, it's been tough. And now we're in a relegation battle, essentially. Um, once the split happened, we ended up in, in the bottom half, so um, it'll be a, a wild month ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, can you explain how that works, right? Because Mark has a, a playoff system in, in Belgium. We obviously have a playoff system in, in, in Major League Soccer. A lot of leagues don't have that, but like it sort of explain how how that split happens uh, within the league and then what it means now f- for the rest of the season. Yeah, so first to six and then seven to 12 split um, with five games left and you'll play. So now that we're in the bottom half, we'll play the bottom 16, bottom other five teams um, this last month and we can't end up higher than seventh place. Um, and then the first through six, they play each other for the last five games. Um, and essentially you're trying to get the top six so you can get one of those European spots. Um, and we just, we had so many chances and just, just, we just shoot ourselves in the foot week in, week out. Is it one game each? Is it one game or you play each other twice? One game. Okay. One game each. Um, and then last place is relegated and then, um, 11th goes into a playoff with the second division, I think. I don't want to know those. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't yeah. want to know. So don't, Let's don't keep... try to figure it out. You know, you, you only find, you only, you'll know when you need to know. Otherwise, you don't want to know what's going on uh, there. No, it's actually not too far off from my system in a way. You know, because for us, we have first through fourth play like a, a playoff. So two games home, two games away. So six games total, and then five through eight play each other. First through fourth, they call it the Champions Playoff. First place Champions League, second place Champions Qualification, XO, you know, Y and Z. And then uh, the winner, so after the playoff is done, the team that ends in fifth place will play the loser of the first one through four to determine who's ending fourth and fifth. And then, yeah, the rest of the teams are done playing, which is crazy because the season's done. The season's done for, for the other, let's see, first like nine teams. So, yeah, this team is like, I think last year, one of the teams, they got trained for a week, had off for a week, trained for a week, had off because you have this stretch until June comes and our season starts July. So, yeah, you got to try and figure out a way to balance rest and, and trying to keep guys fit. And then also think about guys who are out of contract and like, screw it, I'm I'm not playing, I'm not training. You know what, what I'm going to do that for? So, yes. Mm. How how does the how does the league compare? Uh, I I know, I, and I hate doing comparisons to 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 North America, MLS, and ASL, any of that stuff. But like in terms of, is it completely different? Is it is it tactically better? Technically around the same? I mean, what is what is the difference? Because we we argue a lot on 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 uh, with a lot of my friends around you know the, the the quality of of the league in Scotland and should these players be getting called in playing in these these competitions. I mean, what is it? What has it been like for you in terms of uh, kind of the, not in comparison, but just the, the difference or the level of the league? Uh, I think it's it's pretty good. Um, I wouldn't put it below. Like, I don't know. Not. Uh, I, I would just say it. Uh, it's tough to compare, like you're saying, but um, I would say it is tactically different um, in that sense, like we were talking about before. Um, but I do think that there is talent here and vice versa. There's been guys who have left this league and gone, who have done nothing in this league and gone to them and done well, or guys who have left here um, 
who like uh, Johnny Russell, who was stayed out here and went back to the States and continued that form um, or guys who haven't come over from the MLS and not done well. So it's a, it's a weird mix. Um, like I've been the comparison lately just because I've done well um, and I wasn't playing in Houston. So they were like, well, he couldn't get on the pitch for Houston, who at the time was in last place last year. And now is coming over here and is scoring a bunch of goals. Um, so it, it's just, yeah, it's a, a weird topic to, to discuss that. Um, sometimes I uh, feel a little disrespected uh, in my position, but hey, it, it's the nature of it. Nah, bro, it's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. It's like, yeah, so people people won't understand. I don't think people ever understand unless you're actually in it, you know. So. But wait, before we move on, I wanted to ask, were you, before you got to Europe, were you a fan of, pro, you know, promotion relegation? Um, or were you like, nah, nah? I was on neither side. I, I think it's a different animal to, like, yeah. to, th- to think about being here right now. It's like, oh. Like, see, like play. We went down and played Dundee, who's in last place, and it was like those guys were fighting for their lives because essentially they are yeah. um, mm-hmm. with with the way things work. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a different name. Like, it's different. It for sure is. It gives you something else to play for. Then, whereas like if if uh, if you're in the top six, yeah, you're playing for those European spots. Essentially, you have no pressure to you could end in six and be all right. And everything's still a success. You, somebody in the top six could lose their last five games and it's still a successful year because they ended in the top six. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. It's uh, yeah. I've always, I've always been interested because I feel like it, it adds another level of that pressure, you know, because uh, coming from MLS where you don't have it, you know, teams are like, all right, well, we're, yeah, we're done for the season, but you know, we're just going to go out and play. Um, whereas here, bro, we were in, like I think we were in ninth place, and we weren't in like danger, dangerous position. But the way the club and everybody was like stressing, it was next level. Like I was, I was sweating because I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I don't know what to do." It's like, well, okay, what do we do now? All right, so so we got this game next, and the night it had me, it had me thinking like all these hypotheticals, and I was like, I shouldn't be thinking. I, I've never thought like this before. But yeah, it, it, it takes things to another level. I, I had one where uh, I tied the game in the 90th minute, and I was hyped. I was like, scored. We we ended up getting a result. Get into the dressing room, and things are flying across the dressing room, and people are kicking stuff. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? Like we we cannot draw these guys if we want to be good this year. Like just the expectations are, are so yeah. different, and that that pressure that comes with it. So um, it's definitely uh, something different for sure. Let's talk about your um your your sort of trajectory of of your career. What were your options uh, coming out of college? Kind of how did how did you how did your pathway a very sort of for a striker that's that's scored quite a bit of goals now uh, a very non traditional pathway, especially what we're seeing now with these younger players uh, coming up as teenagers, kind of going straight into professional academies and environments. I mean, what was your what was your journey and what were your options that you had? Coming out of college, you know, since I went to my last two years, a small private school, NAIA, didn't really have any options besides I went to the two combines. Um, and it was Seattle and San Jose. And uh, I didn't even really play at those combines, probably a total of like 20 minutes. Um, and then the Charlotte Eagles coach uh, 
who Charlotte at the time was a professional in the USL, um, sent an email and I just, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to your combine. I got nothing to lose really. Not, I'll just come back and finish up school and then see what's up. Uh, went there and, uh, did really well, uh, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they sat me down and offered me a contract. And I told them I, <laughs> I had, uh, another trial in Minnesota, um, because of my buddy Ibarra. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going to Minnesota next week. So can I wait till the following week? And they're like, here, we'll give you an extra $400 if you sign right now. I was like, ah, sure. <laughs> That's crazy. Really? I mean, I came from, from nothing. So I was like, yeah, I might as well take the sure thing. It was a six month contract and just betted on myself to, to do well and did that. And then jumped into the NASL on an eight month contract. That's crazy, man. I mean, it seems, I mean, and now to turn this into the career that, that, that you're having and to be abroad and stuff, I, have you stopped at all to sort of like even recognize one, the odds and two, just betting on yourself to just keep on going forward and forward and forward is pretty unbelievable, uh, accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I do that often to be honest. Um, uh, I'm really grateful of, of where I've gotten in my career. Um, and the opportunities that I've had and the people that I've come across. Um, I just, I've always said, uh, I hope I inspire one person to, to continue to, to go the unconventional path. Um, I have a younger brother who's at the LAFC Academy and just finished up the, the GA cup and he's going his own path. And, um, I'm seeing it in, through his eyes, um, where agents are trying to, to sign him and he wants to come abroad. So. Um, he came out here and trained with Aberdeen's uh, reserve team for for a week, um, just to start to s- step in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's it's cool. I, I just hope somebody, like I said, um, looks at my story and sees a little bit of themselves when when things don't uh, come at you naturally uh, with the normal path. So, so you were part of the Minnesota's you know, journey to, from expansion or from, yeah, into the MLS, you know, the expansion team, you know, and we sometimes joke with Heath about it, you know, because, you know, he was, he was with the Chivas, you know, legendary, you know what I'm saying? But uh, what was, what was it like transitioning, you know, through the, uh, through, through that journey, you know? By the way, I wasn't with Chivas during the expansion. I mean, everybody's okay, okay, expansion. No, not, right. I, I got my rights taken by Orlando and then they held him hostage from me. Yeah, you uh, see, here we go. Forever, you know? <laughs> Uh, I'll never forget those Chivas days. Uh, I had a buddy, Carlos Borja, who was on Chivas. And I remember he would just show up and be like, hey, they're handing out tickets at the entrance. Just show up. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in the final like two years of their existence, but uh, it was great. Oh, you you want to talk about prepping for a pandemic, you know, playing in front of empty, empty, uh, empty stadium, go play at Chivas USA for a couple of couple years. You know what I mean? That'll get you ready for a, for uh pandemic stadiums but there was there was some core fans which i appreciate but yeah generally speaking yeah it was a little rough at times yeah no the the transition to mls was cool um seeing seeing minnesota go from four thousand fans when i first got there to the year before they were filling out um what at the time was the nsc stadium where their training facilities at they had a, a ten thousand seat stadium that they're filling out beforehand and then i I haven't been back since I got traded to LA. I'm, I haven't gotten to play at their at their new stadium. Um, so hopefully one day that'll happen. But um, yeah, to see where they're at now in comparison, um, just for the city and 
uh, the owner, to be honest, is, is a good person who saved uh, football in Minnesota um, by buying the Minnesota Stars at the time and rebranding them to what they are now. Um, so couldn't be happier for, for the city for where, what it is now. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Three things, though. First, they got to build your statue because you scored the first goal in the MLS history. So, I mean, it makes sense. Two, Mark, you getting a statue in Philly? What did what did you do in Philly? To right, get a statue? Honestly, you know what I mean? honestly, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I don't even know if I get a statue there, man. They have a like a homegrown, you know, like a. I don't even know what to call it. You know those little like it's like a small round Mount Rushmore. It'd be like Mount Homegrown, and they do something <laughs> like that. You know, like a painting yeah. or something. Um, two stadium is beautiful, by the way. Incredible stadium. And three, it gets cold out there. Let me tell you something. I got to experience it firsthand in February. The coldest experience of my life. That's crazy. I, there's a photo. I don't know if you've seen it, Christian, the, with the photo of, of <laughs> Mark there where it's Serginio Des looking at the camera and Mark's in the background looking like he would pay any amount of money to not be sitting where he was at that time and that temperature. I, I would have been having bathroom breaks the entire time. <laughs> if, if I was on the bench that game, I would have been indoors. I got to go run to the bathroom. Bro. Go to the bathroom. The way I was trying to figure out how to keep my fingers warm, I had my hands balled up in the gloves with the hand warmers, but my toes were frozen. And I was trying to drink the apple cider, but my hands were bun- you know, bunched up. So I was, was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to spill it. I probably had about 10 cups of apple cider that game. <laughs> Do both of you guys have heated seats at your stadiums uh, now? Mm-mm. No. Nah. Oh, Mark, for real? Nah. Well, that was one of the like co- cozy things when I was nah. riding. The, when I was riding the pine, I get a little. Oh wait, blanket, no, I'm tripping. Turn that heat on. Wait, wait, I'm tripping. No, I do. We do. We got yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, we do have them. I'm sorry, I'm tripping. Sorry, sorry, all my, my gang supporters out there. I apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do. We do. We have a cover as well, which is nice because mm. you don't realize how much a, a a bench cover is. You know how important it is until you're sitting in the rain and the snow and and, and all the conditions are starting to hit you. Christian, is it rain? Like, is it is it legit? Like, you gotta have some windy, rainy days oh, where you wind, are. Where wind, you know, wind is the worst. Where the training ground is, it's yeah. like in sort of like in an open area. Oh, it's so windy. Uh, I'll take rain over wind any day. Like, it's hundred percent wind. It is 100%. such cold wind. Yeah, and the, and the stadium's uh by the beach, so it's even windier when it is windy up here. Yeah, it's it's mayhem. Are you going to spend any time time there in the summer uh, when the weather is actually good? Because that was the the thing that always, you know, like just get get out of there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we 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 play the the fifteenth, and my flight home in L.A. is on the sixteenth. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That sounds like Mark, that's like that's a Mark that's a Mark that's Mark planning right there just being like hey percent uh, it's uh when's the uh, season schedule coming out and they're like why are you so anxious to have the season schedule because like uh, the day after the last game I got to book my flight home bro when I tell you how quick I'm on the phone as soon as I find out that last game is circled on my calendar I'm already okay United all right American uh, all right. <laughs> All right. Can I even get a flight tonight? Actually, mm, let's yeah. see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the the six forty five a.m. flight. Like, oh, I'm wasting I, no time. It's amazing how early you'll get up to get back to California. You know, just be like, no, no, six forty five, no problem. Leave, leave, leaving the crib three thirty in the morning, four o'clock, no problem. I'm there. I don't, I don't even need to go to sleep. I can yeah. sleep on the plane, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so you you've got a couple caps with the national team. Um, 
scored against Panama. And, uh, and I think that's, again, looking at your career trajectory and just the, the route that you had to take to, to, to get to that is, is it an amazing thing. Do you, are you close with any of the players currently in, in the national team? Any of the guys that you, that you, you know, well, yeah, I know Seb Arwell, um, Roldan, obviously played with, with Walker in LA. Um, yeah, so I'm close with some of them. Um, just keep in touch. Uh, I'm glad that, that they're doing well and they qualified and they were a big part of it. Um, glad the U.S. is back in the World Cup, especially after these long four years that everybody, I'm sure, uh, was feeling the pressure. But um, to their credit, they, they've done a fantastic job, even with all the, all the criticism that has come along this this whole time. You, you're you're in your early 30s now. Do you still have in the peripheral of like I can get back to that uh, level of like if you hit a, hit a streak of I mean you're scoring a lot of goals now, but is there still that ambition uh, to to get back in the national team? Uh, anything possible, really. Um, I would never be one to to close a chapter on that. Um, and Greg actually helped uh, to secure my my work piece out here, um, so it was cool for for him to. To help me w- with this, um, and said he he'd be watching. So, uh, anything I know, if I'm doing well at the time and um, th- things go my way, who knows? Um, it could be one of those those late stories. And uh, with so many games coming up uh, before the World Cup, injuries happen, and people need to to be replaced. You just always always stay ready and uh, wait for for an opportunity if it comes. If not. Uh, the guys know I fully support the U.S. and be cheering them on. Um, I hope for a good uh, World Cup run. Well, and Mark, in my in my cycle, we had Hercules Gomez not in the national team, Edson Buttle not in the national team, Robbie Finley not in the national team. You know who went to World Cups? All three of those guys who had been sort of in and out, not really part of it, but they hit the form at the right time. And Greg Berhalter actually just said it about like. He did an interview with with CBS where they were asking him like, "Hey, and we, those names are specifically brought up." And he goes, "You know what the thing about those players are is though they're strikers, so you play the hot hand." And so I certainly don't think it's a unrealistic or a ridiculous thought to, to to try to find yourself in the best form possible to get a, a late selection to a World Cup. Yeah, you on that, especially the story off of Hercules or Edson Buttle. Um, Edson coming in late in a World Cup game, like trying to chase for a goal the last ten minutes, like. Stuff like that is something that potentially there's a role for, you know. It's not not everybody that makes a World Cup squad needs to be, hey, I'm here to play every game from the start type of thing. Um, so, hey, whatever happens, uh, I'll be fully supportive of the U.S. It's all about form, too, because even this year, like, I learned that, who is it? We don't, I don't even know if we'll have, like, a, a regular build-up to the World Cup. So, it's like... Whoever's whoever's sharp and whoever's been playing, whoever's been been putting in that work, then ultimately that's that's who goes. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll definitely be interesting, you know, going into that with with the World Cup being now mid season for for the European guys. Yeah, pretty wild. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on into some uh, rapid fire, Mark, and then and then we'll uh, we'll let uh, I guess I guess you got. I was gonna say get back to your family, but your family's gone. So get back to a little bit of uh, free time because that doesn't happen much as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been too much free time already. It's been a week, and I've uh, like what was it Saturday? I watched uh, football from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. I caught 
all the MLS games. Oh. I haven't done that. Well, <laughs> I got not, nothing to do. Hey, I, I'll tell you, I do. I deal with this every week. I got three three kids under under six, and whenever they're around, I'm like, man, I could use a break. And then when they're not there, you immediately go like, where are the kids at? You know, like things are boring <laughs> without them. Like you just can't you can't find find the right balance. But you do find yourself watching a lot of football when when they're not around. So, Mark, should we get into a, a little rapid fire? Yeah, let's get it. All right. Uh, what was the first kit that you owned? Real Madrid kit. Uh, who was on that kit, by the way? Ronaldo. Uh, favorite U.S. men's national team player of all time? Ooh, Landon. What was the last movie you watched? I just watched them last night. Oh, Entourage. You put pineapple on pizza or, or nah? No. Nah. Nah, okay, okay. It's a good um, man right there. It's a man of ethics. Yeah, no. you see? You see? Nah, <laughs> uh, uh, and last, we have a public Spotify playlist, and we're having all the guests throw on a track. What song are you throwing on here? I'm going to go to my top song right now on my Spotify. Uh, first Class. <laughs> yes, sir. Jack Harlow. First Class, baby. I don't know. He, do you know that one? Have you heard it? Uh-uh. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you on to it. Or actually, Christian yeah. just put you on to it, matter of fact. So, yeah. Matter of fact, you can go ahead and, and go to the Spotify playlist because they're going to have that song on there already. So, mm. there you go. There we go. I'll take that. Cool. Are we are we at the end of our, our rapid fire? I think so. That's I think it. that's it, man. Christian, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been great to hear some of your story. Obviously, congratulations on the success that you're having there. And we you know, we hope we hope to see we hope to see you continue that success, and and you got an awesome story that we think will inspire a lot of our young listeners. So we appreciate you taking the time. For sure, appreciate it. No, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Great to great to catch up again, bro. Mark, I'll hit you up if I if I come through Belgium. Hey, say no more, man. Say no more. Last international no break, I was in France. So yeah, bro. Yeah, hey, I'll, hey, I'll tell you where not where you're not going, gang. You're not going to Belgium. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen, tell you. Listen, you might. I'll, you tell, might, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's not, it's not on the way. It's not Honestly, near. I won't even see you nearby, gang, bro. I see you in Brussels or Antwerp or Gand or Bruges, but I see you on the other side, bro. <laughs> but no, man, appreciate it. Good catching up, man. And uh, yeah, good stuff with the season, man. And I'll be watching as well from here. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Man, so that's it, Mark. What a great conversation with Christian Ramirez. You know, kind of feels eerily familiar to 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 my journey abroad because I didn't have an option for MLS, which is different than his, obviously. But just feeling like I had to do everything I could. Like I was chucking emails out to everybody, just trying to get anybody to be like, "Yo, I know a club I can get you a trial at," and that sort of thing. You know, kind of see him go from step to step along the way, and kind of having to continuously bet on himself. You know, when you're in the when you're in real time, you. You don't realize that that betting on yourself, you have to almost have that border bordering on arrogance and that sort of horse blinders to believe that like no matter what anybody else thinks of you, you have to think that you're better than anybody that you're playing with or any club that you could play at to continue to just sort of move forward. I think sometimes now, now especially probably with like we like we spoke about earlier, this defined you know system to the first team. I think. Some people and some some players will take it for granted, you know, and they'll kind of sit on their laurels and, and get complacent in a way of like, oh, well, you know, this is I'm going to the U.A. teams next year. I'm going to the USL team next year. And, mm-hmm. But when you have that chip on your shoulder, of it's me against everybody. You know, it's me versus me. I need to get the best out of myself to get the most out of my opportunities. That adds, you know, a, a different 
uh, level of appreciate appreciation, you know, and, and uh, motivation to, to really go and get with yours. Right. So, yeah, I think that's something that's refreshing to hear. Yeah, that's that's well said, man. Look at you. You're just no, like, man. I feel like I feel like I'm in an email soon from uh, our, our production team and, and you just being like, hey, you know, like we, <laughs> we're, we're moving on. Uh, Mark's just sort of like, he's kind of, kind of like a, so he's kind of a solo podcast guy now, you know, you know, he's kind of outgrown, uh, the, the level that you're at and he's kind of ready to, to podcast at more of a champions league level than, than, you know, uh, playing down, down there with you, uh, you know, second division, third division guys like, like Heath Pierce. You know? This man, this man, you can't, you can't walk until you crawl, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel you. So, so we're just well, you're running now. No, you're kidding. running. You're running. Now, that's no, I'm the thing, just kidding. You know? I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but yeah, man, that's that's our episode for for today. And and again, you know, it's great to see you again, Mark. Obviously, we wish you all the best. Uh, and we'll, we'll obviously be keeping every all of our listeners uh, up to date with what's going on with you uh, in Belgium. And then we got an off season. We'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, you know, and we're in a World Cup year, so we got we got to we got to get you grooving. So um, because you know. If you go, if you go to the World Cup, we're all we going, go, baby. You know? <laughs> you know, we're all going. We go. Every listener is getting free tickets. You heard it here first. Mark's gonna pay for them. Uh, you know, me uh, and Matt, we're gonna set up our studio uh right there in Doha, downtown Doha, right in the middle of whatever square they got there. And and you know, we're going. So we got right next to the torch, the torch hotel, <laughs> yeah. you know, just yeah. right in the Spire Academy, nice setup, you know, you know. outlook onto the uh, onto the pitches. It's yeah, a great setup, man. That's what's up. Well, hey, look. Make sure if you haven't already, share this with your friends. Comment on this uh, this 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 audio podcast. Make sure you're leaving those comments. Make sure you subscribe. Share it with the people that you know. Helps more people get this thing found. And uh, until next time, peace out from Mark and I. Peace. peace.